We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of the Is For Podcast. Tonight we are on the letter J, and tonight J is for the Jonesville Monster, or more known and surrounding areas, the Falk Monster. Monster? (laughs) (laughs) Are you familiar with this monster? So... And, and hello, everybody. I'm happy to be here. Yep. I wasn't really formally introduced. Right. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is a Sargeless episode. Sarge is on a boat. We don't know if he has entered the Bermuda Triangle and if he is coming back. But either way, Sarge is on vacation. And so it is just danger and monster. Monster. Hmm. Uh, he's a, uh, a man. Uh, he wears glasses. Uh, I'm trying to introduce you properly. So I don't know. What do you want here? Tell me what you know about this. First of all, that was much better. I'm very happy with that. Wouldn't change a thing. Uh, and second, uh, no, actually. So as much as I know about a lot of these other cryptids and 100% real monsters that roam the countryside that we haven't been able to scientifically prove, uh, this is one that I'm not as familiar with. I feel like I have seen the legend of Boggy Creek or at least bits and pieces of it, but I don't know the story of this specific one. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for you to enlighten me. So from what I could find, there have actually been more sightings of this monster than Bigfoot and all the other cryptids. Like we talked about Larry, the lizard man from Lee County <laughs> and yep. you know, yep. uh, what was that last season, season three. And you know, it, uh, talked about the Jersey devil. Yep. Before that. And so, you know, we're going to try to do a cryptid a season. Maybe, I don't know, you know, and as far as I could find, there were more sightings of the, uh, this monster, this cryptid than all those. And I find that incredibly interesting that this monster has more than the rest, but yet it seems to be lesser known. And I'm sure you'll get into this later, but doing just kind of the bare bones, just kind of looking up, you know, when you said what the topic was going to be, when I first saw this creature, I don't know that I would have thought of it any differently than Bigfoot. I would have just assumed they were one and the same. So I wonder if they're not distant cousins or, you know, somehow related. Well, this monster has been called Bigfoot's aggressive cousin. There it is. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I had a feeling they were related. Yeah. There is a kinship <laughs> between this one and the other one. Now, what you said, the legend of uh, Boggy Creek, we will talk about it just a bit. But this monster actually goes or has been known by. I mean, I was going to say goes by like, hey, it's like, hey, guys, I'm Boggy Creek today. <laughs> and, but no, it, uh, it's it's been known by quite a few different names. But Jonesville and Falk are the two most common. And, and the- from what I saw, Falk seems to be the most common nomenclature. Yes. But clearly to fit the uh, purposes of this show, we're going to go with the other name. With Jonesville. And actually... 
Yes. Do you know why it's called the Jonesville Monster? Why that was actually the first name for it? And that's why I want to go by that name, actually, not just to make it fit with this episode. No, so I'm I'm going out on a limb here, but I'm going to say the first sighting was in a town named Jonesville. Many sites were around Jonesville, Arkansas. Many sightings were around Jonesville, Arkansas. Look, I don't claim to be a genius, but just time and time again, I have proved that theory correct. Time and time again, you have shown me that you can use context clues. It's all part of my power. Uh, I'm not going to go genius. I'm just going to go Mr. Context. If you had a superpower. Below genius. Smart guy? That's it. Smart guy. All right. The Jonesville monster name actually came to being between 71 and 74. There were quite a few sightings reported during that time. We're not going to jump into too many during that time. We're going to kind of stretch a timeline here. What's, what's the face for? Just, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking like, what an uncreative name, just monster. Like you've got Bigfoot, you've got Loch Ness, you've got Jersey devil, you've got Mothman, you've got all these really cool names. This is just, a town and monster. Like who wants to have the moniker of just plain old ordinary monster? You get on with it. <laughs> All right. Between 71 and 74, like I said, there were a lot of sightings and they all fit the same, the same description, a large bipedal creature covered in long, dark hair. It was estimated to be about seven feet tall. And the weight was estimated between 250 to 300 pounds. And every person reported having bright red eyes about the size of silver dollars. So wasn't Chewbacca, be honest, was it just Chewbacca sightings? It may have been. It may have been. Uh, yeah, that's terrible. I'm sorry. Actually, that wasn't, a, wasn't a bad Chewbacca. Um, yeah. wasn't a good one. It's better than some of your other impressions. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. So then later on, it grew a little bit in description, and uh, one said one witness described it as being 10 feet tall. Um, another one estimated that it weighed 800 pounds. Now, with that, I think that those people just were bad at guessing height and weight. They would not have done good at the fair. The real question is, is what are the statistics of the person reporting the sighting? Because okay. a six foot four man might report a different size creature than a five foot three woman. That's true. When somebody tells me who is six, seven, that the person is tall. I'm like, are they tall to you or are they tall to me? I mean, what, what? Okay. Okay. Easy. Anthony Hardaway. Are you actually six foot seven? I'm just shy of six foot seven. I'm like six. Oh, and okay. So now yeah. you're just shy of six foot seven. Sorry. I'm going to round up. I don't. You're six, three at best. No, no. Six, 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 foot seven, really? six, six and a half. Yes, sir. So when are you signing that deal with the Miami heat? I'm not signing it because I'm terrible at basketball. Just terrible. And there are much better things to lie to you about than my height. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. All right. So some other accounts uh, just describe the monster as running swiftly with a galloping gait, which I think galloping gait is a fun descriptor, but, and then <laughs> The descriptor that actually caused a little bit of confusion amongst the investigators later on down the road is that 
they reported that it was swinging its arms like a monkey. Reports. So now I have this this vision of like a seven to ten foot tall Chewbacca thing, just like frolicking through the woods with its arms, just like limply at its side, like do do do. More or less. I mean, they probably just saw me on a Wednesday. I don't know. I was going to say the Jonesville monster sounds fabulous. <laughs> Anybody who got close enough to it all reported the odor of it, and they all said that it was a combination of a skunk and a wet dog. Now, I don't know why they would put those things together, but they did. So, the Could you imagine the, this very flamboyant monster that's like, seriously, guys, stop talking about my odor. I can't help it. I'm a swamp ape. Like, he's trying to look his best, just doing its thing, and everyone's like, yeah, he's real tall and has a nice figure, but smells like shit. Yeah, um... We usually just don't talk about the guy's smell that's in the room. We just ignore it because he's a nice guy. Uh, all of them that have found tracks from this, they all three toes, three toes. That's how I know it's not Chewbacca because Chewbacca had more than three toes. So whoa, 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 whoa. just because you've been looking at Wiki Feet and seeing Chewbacca's paws, I don't think the average person knows how many toes Chewbacca has. I mean, we all have our, our ways we pass time. So, okay. um, all right. No judgment. No judgment. And the, the footprints always measure 17 inches long, seven inches wide, which is a very awkward shaped foot. So, all right. Before the 20th century, there were several sightings. They reported in the Memphis Inquirer, 1856, in the Caddo Gazette, but didn't really go any very far. But in 1946, a woman reported seeing a strange animal in a field by her house. And uh, according to the local sheriff, where she reported it to, uh, she said it looked kind of like a man, walked like a man, but she didn't think it was a man. Dude looks like a lady. I, you know, I don't know. That's what I thought of. Dude looks like a Chewbacca. Yeah. Looks like a Wookiee. Yeah. So in 1955, our, our friend was spotted by a 14 year old boy and he described it. As having reddish brown hair, and he said it stopped and sniffed the air, and he shot bird shot at it, and it didn't even re respond to it. Just kind of stood there and just sniffing the air, and then it just scurried off into the woods. And what what year did you say this was? That was 1955. So in 1955, a tall man with red hair pulled up next to a 14 year old boy in a van and said. Hey, young man, I have candy in the van. I suggest you come with me. And the boy shot buckshot at it and it drove off. Is that is that basically? I, I don't know what your definition of a cryptid is, but there's usually not a van involved or candy. Not always. Okay. There could. Also in 1955, an experienced hunter saw a large gorilla-like creature while fishing in a river around Jonesville. And he said it appeared to be washing its hands before it walked off on two legs into the trees. So we know this thing is trying to be clean <laughs> and keep itself clean at best. So then in 1955, See, go on. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say it heard what you guys were saying about its odor. It was doing the best it could. It was trying to get cleaned up. I'm not going to get a date with this scent just wafting over me. It was doing the best it could, and it's still just okay. Not I, okay, I gave a voice to Larry the Lizard Man. 
I'm mm-hmm. not like I I don't I don't feel this you voice. This? I don't feel this voice with this guy. So let's cycle another one. Let's try. You one. don't think nine foot tall hairy creature with three toes talks with a little bit of a lisp? No, no. Sorry. I... Well, I'm going to be honest here. I'm a little too deep in. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> And this episode will go smoother if you just accept it. Okay. All right. Then again, in 1955, another man, not experienced hunter, uh, saw a large, hairy, ape-like creature near his house on Boggy Creek. And so then we started introducing the Boggy Creek part of things to it. He shot it with a rifle 15 times. Evidently, he was a terrible shot because he missed every single one of them. And then it just wandered off into the woods. And then in Jonesville... So mixing the bog, the uh, boggy creek in the Jonesville, two adults saw a hairy man-like creature cross the road and noted it walked like a man, but it was too hairy to be a man. And so now we're picking on a man for being hairy. <laughs> so, all right. And Before so, we go any further, okay, have we ever had the Jonesville monster and Sarge in the same place at the same time? No. So we can't rule out they're the same. Although, okay. I'm not I'm not going to speculate. I'm just saying I'm going to put that out there. We're going to let it sit there while we discuss this. It's it's possible. And if that is the case, my flamboyant voice fits perfectly. I don't know Sarge to be a super hairy man. Just saying. Well, let me just say you may not to our listeners who have listened to several episodes, you may not have noticed Sarge's flamboyant tenor. Uh, he puts on a facade for the show, but we know him in his personal life. And let me tell you, this is spot on. So there were very few sightings between 1955. And then we're going to jump to 1971. There were very few sightings. None of them were enough to make me go, oh, that's something. But I kind of thought, you know, there were quite a few there in uh, in 55. So May 2nd, 1971. Now, I watched a, a uh, an interview with Bobby and Elizabeth Ford. They were a bit, you know, they had a bit of a the country accent. You know, they weren't the, you know, didn't seem to be the most educated people, but they also didn't seem to be bullshitters, you know. But they were just average people living in Jonesville, Arkansas. What? His name escapes me now, but that lovely gentleman... From uh, the Lizard Man of Lee County, the sheriff. I even put a little soundbite into our episode. I uh, was, I don't remember his name. Oh, I don't either. But I loved him, and I have a feeling he's they're cut from the same cloth. They might be, <laughs> but Bobby and Elizabeth seem like just normal people, like just normal average yeah. guys or people, a most married couple. Times, yeah, most of the times these sightings, the abduction stories, these things. They come from everyday people that you you come across in your everyday life. Yeah. So on May 2nd, 1971, the monster made headlines because it attacked the home of Bobby and Elizabeth Ford. According to Elizabeth Ford, the creature, which she initially thought was a bear, reached through a screen window that night while she was sleeping on the couch. So her screen window was messed up. And right about that time, you know, she you know, jumped up and, you know, about that time, her husband, Bobby was returning from a hunting trip with his brother, Don, and they 
you know, went at it with uh, with the, the guns they had in tow. And they believed they hit it, but there was no traces of blood that were found. And there was an extensive search by uh, Bobby, Don, and Elizabeth, and several other people. And investigators later found evidence of scratches on the house and three-toed tracks in the yard. That was more or less it. Now, the Fords did say where they had lived in the house for less than a week, they had claimed to see a seven-foot-tall hairy creature several times in the nights before. I don't know about you. Like, if I was moved, if I had moved into a new house, into a rural area, and I saw this giant hairy creature walking around, I would have spoken up before this happened. That's just me. Okay, so what very few people know about Elizabeth Ford is she had a very odd-shaped foot, right? She had all five toes, but it was very narrow, and she had a very extensive high heel collection. So, what... I theorize is that the Jonesville monster saw this, knew about her shoe collection, and was like, I need to get me some of those, and was trying to politely ask, excuse me, Elizabeth, please, you look wonderful. Our foots are about the same. Mine's only 17 inches long, but I think I can fit them, and and they flipped out on it. That's what I think happened. Okay, so... I should have done this before, and I'm sorry to our our listeners, all four of you. I apologize to those with speech impediments. Oh, well, this is not disrespectful. <laughs> Maybe it is, but it's not meant to be. Okay, so 1971 was a very busy year for the Jonesville Monster. May 23rd, 1971, three people, D.C. Woods Jr., Wilma Woods, and R.H. Sedgrass, I could not find interviews with these people, but I do know that uh, R.H. Sedgrass is a missus. I don't know why she decided to go by R.H., maybe to protect her her identity. Anyway, um, they reported seeing an ape-like creature crossing Highway 71, and the best-known footprints were found in a soybean field belonging to local filling station owner Scott Keith. They were scrutinized by the game warden, Carl Gallion, who was unable to confirm their authenticity, but like the Ford prints, they appeared to indicate the creature had only three toes. Once again, the three toes. At the same time, the same incident, two men from Kansas reported seeing the same thing cross the road. And so it was these, you know, you had the three people and then these two guys that made the same report of this creature. Crossing the road. Highway 71. So, it's kind of like having two unassociated parties have the same sighting and report the same thing. That's it. I, I can get behind it. Now, now you're saying Highway 71, but you also said this took place in 1971, correct? Right, right. Okay. Coincidence at best. Do you know what else took off in 1971? What? Hot pants. So here's what I think. I think the Jonesville monster suddenly had a penchant for hot pants, right? And between the high heel thing and the hot pants, the Jonesville monster was just doing the best it could and was trying to find a good deal. It was out shopping. It can't help that it's seven to 10 feet tall and just covered with hair. Okay. It's doing the best it can with what it has. Okay, 
just so we're clear, you have a bigger beard than anyone else. You also have darker hair than anyone else on this show. You have to be able to relate to this monster at least a little bit, correct? I feel it's pain outside of your descriptions. (laughs) You are taller than the rest of us. You are hairier than the rest of us. I've also seen you wear hot pants and leather boots. So don't tell me you can't identify with this monster. I don't buy things called hot pants. I put on pants and they are hot pants. Just Okay. In, in the show notes for this episode, when we promote it, I want that picture of you in the Wonder, Man cost, Wonder Woman costume to show exactly what you look like in hot pants. Okay. All right. Yeah. So there were more sightings in 1971, and there were footprints found for almost all of these. So, like I said, 1971 was a hot year for the hot pants. But no, it was a busy year for the Judgeville Monster. Okay, okay. so all jokes aside, I I keep making these, these comments, but so every time they see footprints quote unquote mm-hmm. it's three toed yes correct yes what? did you know because when i think about the three toed kind of look it reminds me almost of um like like almost reptilian more than yep. you know right this but we've kind of- we've we've also learned that the dinosaurs that we thought were reptiles are closer to birds and were covered in feathers and fur and whatnot. Not to say that this was a dinosaur, but you know, uh, there were three toed mo- or uh, dinosaurs and we know them to be covered in, like I said, feathers and fur. So could this be prehistoric? Possibly. I believe personally, I believe that, you know, not all the dinosaurs went extinct. I mean, what is it? The alligator? Was closest to to a dinosaur, so yeah, I guess uh, alligators, iguanas. I mean, there's Chicken? a lot of yes, yes, agreed. Oh. So, all right, all in 1971, a family first hears some strange howls from the woods, and then remember how I said it was uh, Bigfoot's violent cousin? Yes. Yeah. So the family then sees a Sasquatch-like creature walk from the woods. They were parked at the boat ramp of the, uh, the bayou there. And, uh, they were getting ready to go out. And then three nearby campers come shooting shotguns (laughs) and they didn't shoot the creature because evidently everybody in Jonesville, when it comes to the creature is just terrible shot or it's, you know, Neo and misses all shots. Anyway, they came out shooting, didn't hit it. I kind of hung out by the edge of the woods and then went on it back into the woods. I, I love the fact that they're like, this is a Sasquatch like creature. No, no, it ain't Sasquatch. We've seen that dude a couple of times. Right. This similar, but different. Right. This big hairy bitch only had three toes. That thing had six. Yeah. Again, 1971, three people saw the, you know, tall, hairy creature with the red eyes. And uh, it was there at dusk. And uh, it appeared to be squatting near the edge of the woods across the street from their home. So basically, these people saw this thing taking a poop. I was getting ready to say some really tall man who hadn't shaved in a while, who had really bad allergies, had diarrhea on the side of the road. And they were like, Oh my God, it's the Jonesville monster. He's like, and please, 
My name is Chris. I don't feel well. I just want to go home. And Chris actually was on vacation driving through Arkansas where he took vacation from the steel mill, steel mill where he lost toes in an accident. And then Chris, just a hairy guy with a foot, you know, foot accident. And he lost his shoes. You know, maybe his stomach got the better of him and he, you know, took his shoes off because they were covered in diarrhea. And, uh, yeah. We've gone down a bad a bad road here. Or Chris. Yeah. Everybody leave everybody leave the Jonesville monster alone. It's it's not a fabulous hairy beast. It is a poor man with allergies. But then again in nineteen seventy one, I did not find a date, but a child reported seeing the monster in the woods near the same location as where Chris was squatting. And then oh. Can I get through nineteen seventy one? No, because it's it's taking 24 minutes. No, listen, here's here's the thing. It sounds like to me that the Jones Hill monster was like, hey, I like it here. I'm going to hang out. This lady wouldn't let me borrow my shoes or, or borrow her shoes. It's a bummer. I'll move on. Try to hang out at the lake. Three kids shot at me. Not cool. Tried to take a poop. People lost their minds. I'm starting to lose interest in this town. This is where I wanted to be. I'm not. I don't feel welcome. But he he doesn't leave Jonesville. So, 1971 again. Um, a woman saw the uh, six foot tall hairy creature. So we're changing height. This sounds more like you now. I wasn't alive in 1971. Oh, that was Sarge. I'm sorry. Yeah. He was alive in 1971. Sarge is a tall feller as well. So, see, 1971. Um, he would have been. 30 oh he'd have been my age he'd have been about 37 so uh i don't know why this thing likes to hang around soybean fields but then she saw this thing walking through the woods near uh and it says willie smith's soybean field (laughs) i don't know who willie smith is but i was like i'm gonna leave that detail in my notes so (laughs) you don't know the famous willie smith's soybean farmer no but um willie smith allows Go to the store and look at the soybean aisle. You'll see Willie Smith's face plastered everywhere. I'm sorry. Does your grocery store have a soybean aisle? It has two, actually. Oh, you're just plethora of soybeans. Also, in 1971, two people that are local to to Jonesville, and that made me question, are the rest of these just tourists that are coming through? (laughs) So... They saw one time I go through Jonesville, I saw a nine foot tall Wookiee with three toes. Piss me off. But these guys saw another six foot tall hairy creature fitting the same description. Yeah, well, it it just said six foot around six foot tall. Um, They saw a five and a half foot tall hairy creature. They described it as having a slouch and it was slouching across the gravel in front of the car. Early in the morning. Six foot tall with a slouch. It is getting smaller. Again in 1971, several women and several children all reported seeing an ape-like creature in the area. The women had come to the area to view the tracks in the soybean field. So they came to see the tracks and they saw the monster. (laughs) So, And then to round out 1971, a trail of three toe tracks were discovered again (laughs) in Willie Smith's soybean field. The only soybean I like to eat are the ones that have three-toed tracks (laughs) running through them. Yeah. So, 71 was a busy year 
for the monster and Willie Smith's soybean field. Okay, so then after all of that in '71, the uh, all the incidents decide or started to attract attention from people all over the place, and so. Um, a radio station there in Little Rock, Arkansas, because Joesville didn't have a radio station. Radio station KAAY 1090. K. Yeah, okay. KAAY 1090 AM, because everybody listens to AM in 71, I guess. So, so 1090 AM posted a $1,090 bounty. Woo! Good God. <laughs> Yeah. I hate it when radio stations try to be cute. Yeah. This is me off. When they did this, there was an influx of people that came to hunt the monster. And of this course. this caused Sheriff Leslie Greer to put a temporary no-guns policy in place for public safety. <laughs> and there were three people that were fined $59 for filing fraudulent monster report. <laughs> and that is the official thing that was on file there. I didn't realize you could get fined for filing a fraudulent monster report. So, uh, as someone with the nickname monster, I can assure you fraudulent monster reports are a daily headache. <laughs> and fraudulent monster report is actually the name of a new solo album. So, you know, <laughs> so genius. Yeah. Oh, the pit. <laughs> After the surge of attention, Mr. Charles B. Pierce released a docudrama that you mentioned, The Legend of Boggy Creek. Now, yes. Monster, I, I never saw it. I watched a trailer for it, but what do you remember from it? I'm already at a, a disadvantage because I thought it was an actual movie. I didn't think it was a documentary. Well, here's the thing. It was a docudrama horror film. Okay. And so okay. at the time, it was quite frightening. The and, and it took off. Like, the movie just blew up and he couldn't get anybody at Hollywood to pay attention. And then once it started to blow up, Hollywood was like, let's, let's, you know, ramp this thing up. So yeah, it was not completely surprising to Pierce who knew that he had something because, you know, in 71, you know, just shortly before the, the movie came out, it was, it, you know, hotbed of attention. Yeah, You made it very clear that 1971, the Jonesville monster was flaunting around with three toes and hot pants, just having a good old time all over this place. Now, when he like finally got Hollywood on board and they decided to release it at the theaters, he he described it, Pierce described it as a blockbuster because he said there were literally people lined up around the block, but there's not any actual reports about that happening aside from Pierce. And so I think maybe he was inflating <laughs> it a bit. But, but, now, you said that you thought it was an actual movie. Now, The Legend of Boggy Creek was actually cited as being one of the first, if not the first, more found footage film and actually played a huge role in inspiring the directors of the Blair Witch Project. And now they've cited the legend of Boggy, Boggy Creek as a huge influence on them. And in a 99 interview, 1999 interview, the uh, co-director Daniel Myrick said, we just wanted to make a movie that tapped into the primal fear generated by the fact or fiction format like The Legend of Boggy Creek. So, I don't so, think you were wrong in what you were saying, that you thought it was an actual movie, because I think there was a lot of people that saw it as an actual movie and not a docudrama, a docu of anything. So, just to add a little context to that, Legend of Boggy Creek came out in 1972. 
most people consider Cannibal Holocaust to be the first, I don't want to say the first found footage film of all time, but oftentimes it is cited as one of the first. It didn't come out until 1980. Right. Now, so, I don't know if this was the first kind of found footage film, but it was one of the first. Now, on a $160,000 budget, it made just over $20 million. Wow. That's a damn return. That's a return. Yep. And about 1974, interest kind of waned off and sightings just kind of died down. But the legend wasn't dead. And so then there was another movie that came out in 77 called Return to Boggy Creek. And it was the second movie on the monster. And uh, it was entirely fictional. And it was not intended to be a sequel. But then it was kind of backdoored as a sequel there at the end, as we've seen. Uh, like we saw it with Hellraiser series and all. Like they just kind of fit these things Overfield, in. Overfield. Yeah. Stuff like yeah, that. yeah. I'm sorry. I started laughing because I got this image of like, Nine and a half foot tall, hairy thing in a trench coat sitting in the back row watching this while everybody else is watching like, oh, my God, this scary monster. And it's like, he's probably nice. Yeah, just he's just yelling totally things in the back like <laughs> he likes fruit, you know, alone. Yeah, like just saying things that are familiar to everybody else. Like he's going to invite you over later for popcorn, you know, <laughs> you know, his microwave's a little wonky because it's it was found and it's just in the creek. I don't know why you shot at him with a shotgun. He was just asking for sugar. It's like, and that's not me. That's a guy named Chris taking a dump. Can I borrow your pumps? Jesus, don't shoot at me. So then in 78, tracks were then reported by two brothers who were prospecting around Russellville, Arkansas. So not far from it. So it's like interest kind of waned off. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, we found more tracks. You know, movies. Trucks. Okay, cool. Imagine that. And then in uh, June, on June 26th of the same year, there was a sighting reported in Crossett, Arkansas. So our, our friends making some, you know, traveling a bit. Um, but as during this period, the creature was blamed for missing livestock and attacks on several dogs. The first time that it was reported that it was violent and was attacking things in general. Uh, every time, every other time, it just was really good at dodging bullets and ran away. See, that's what I mean. Like, that's it is kind of interesting because, like, when we talked about the Jersey Devil and we talked about the Lizard Man of Lee County, both of those were terrifying because this creature kept appearing and it was destroying stuff. It was damaging property. It was killing animals. It was, you know, terrorizing things. This is a big, hairy thing just hanging out. And people are like, oh, my God, it looks weird. Let's murder it. Like, right. It hasn't right. done anything wrong. <laughs> but, I mean, come on. So we are talking about Jonesville, Arkansas, not the uh, most um, affluent of places. And, you know, I watched enough stuff preparing for this that, hey, they are a blue-collared town. You know, there there is a museum there for the Falk monster, you know, and you can buy t-shirts. I kind of want one. I think it'd be fun. But... They're ugly as, as, as shit, and but they're not the most well-versed you know, people. And so if it's different, you kill it. So what you're saying is if that Danger Honeycutt were to walk through Jonesville, Arkansas. 
I would not walk through because I would be in danger in Jonesville, Arkansas. <laughs> I I know where I shouldn't be. You're almost seven feet tall, very hairy, usually in hot pants. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend going there. Like I told you, I don't wear hot pants, but when I wear pants, they become hot pants. Just saying. So since the seventies, reports have been very sporadic. It it kind of you know, it, it took the eighties uh, and nineties off <laughs> and you know, they've, like I said, sporadic at best. So in the eighties, not a lot of activity, but there was a few, a few things. So not known the exact year, but in the eighties, a fisherman said he was surprised by a large ape like creature while checking his trout lines. And it appeared to be stealing his fish. So this is one where I'm like, ah, no, this guy, was, this thing was just trying to get some food. You know, you leave, you leave fish out for it. Of course, it's going to, you know, be like, hey, free meal. So then in 84, a local hunter was walking into the Sulphur River Wildlife Management Area. And it's about a, I don't know, maybe 20 minute walk. It's just kind of right on the edge of Jonesville. If you're going to go by road, it's going to take you like 45 minutes to get there, according to Google. But yeah, you can just walk straight to it. And I assume this thing doesn't abide by uh, roads and it just goes right on through the woods or soybean. See, that's, see, that's why people tune into this show, because we're going to GPS Google map how long it takes to get there. Minimal effort. That's so, the kind of research we do here. Yes. I think it was like 200 feet from like the center of Jonesville to this wildlife area, but like to go by road, which Google would not let me just go through the woods. It was making, it was an eight hour walk. I'm pretty uh, sure I can cut through four hour bike ride. Yeah. All right. So the hunter was walking into the wildlife management area when a horse and four cows came running up a hill towards him. The man followed in the direction they were fleeing. And when he reached the swampy area, he could see a large creature at least seven feet tall with long, dark brown hair all over its body. And it was standing on two legs, thigh deep in the swamp, and it was some distance away. So it's gotten taller. Could you imagine trying to choreograph a fabulous dance with horses and cows? And they're just not getting it. And you give them a little bit of tough love. They've run away in fear. Somebody sees it and comes to investigate. And let me guess, he saw this seven foot tall creature in the in, in the swamp. Did he shoot at it? There was no report of him shooting at it. He shot at it. Probably. It he was a hunter, <laughs> so he, he probably shot at it. Of he course. He had a rifle, he shot at it. Again, there was no report of him shooting at it, but I would think it's kind of shitty of him to shoot at it because Homeboy was just hanging out in the creek. You know, like you said, choreographing a dance with cows and horses. Yeah. So anyway, the next thing that happened after after this, and they were very sporadic, but nothing, like I said, nothing jumped out as something of note. We get the movie Boggy Creek 2 and the legend continues. So this is the third one in the series, but it's called the second one. <laughs> and all right, comes out in 85. And it was originally titled The Barbaric Beast of Boggy Creek Part 2. I don't I like that. But I looked it up and I could not find The Barbaric Beast of Boggy Creek Part 1. So, yeah. 
<laughs> and coincidentally, Barbaric Beast was my nickname in high school. But Charles B. Pierce, who wrote the first one, who wrote and directed the first one, he came back and directed this, and he uh, played the role of Brian Lockhart, a University of Arkansas professor who leads a group of students into the swamps around Jonesville, Falk, looking for the monster. And this one did not do as well as the, that first one. I could not actually find how much money it made, but I got a feeling it lost money. Just saying. I was going to say, if I had to take a guess, it did not make a return. No, but it did make a return in 1999 when it was on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, God, I love that show. We oh, should yeah. do an episode on that. All right. I'm in for it. But no, and, uh, I actually want to, after I found that the other day, um, I want to go and find that episode and watch it because uh, I love that show. And I now have an interest in uh, Mr. Boggy Creek. That's another one of those shows. I've mentioned this on the, the, the show before about stuff I used to watch with my dad that he would laugh at harder than I would. And that would make me laugh more. That was one of those shows. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know that he ever stayed awake through a whole episode. But when he was awake, it was great. I don't remember watching the show with my dad when I was a kid. But we watched the movie they came out with. And uh-huh. I watched that with my dad, and uh, that was one of the few times I've ever seen my dad, like, cry laughing so hard. <laughs> All right. In 1986, a local landowner was driving a representative from the Miller Brewing Company, which makes me doubt this whole thing just off the top. <laughs> so, and uh, it said he was driving a representative from the Miller Brewing Company to a wheat field located on his property. Are you sure it wasn't a soybean field? I that that's where I'm doubting it because Mr. Uh, Mr. Jonesville Monster has always been in soybean fields and never in a wheat field until now. So they got to the back gate, and uh, the landowner who was driving the representative stopped the truck and got out to unlock it. When he got out, he noticed a tall, hair-covered figure walking towards them, approximately eighty to a hundred yards away. Oh my God, I thought you were going to say 80 to 100 feet tall. And I was like, this thing is really jumping in, in yes. stature. It's very inaccurate reporting of the, the height of it. So, no, 80 to 100 yards away, which I don't know if you know how far that is, but I don't. So, like, I can't I can't estimate that far away. So, um, okay, wait. hold on. Time out, right. you son of a bitch. <laughs> I almost shot soda out of my nose because you were like, I don't know if you know how long that is, but I don't. And I thought you were going to answer. And I was not prepared for your asinine comment. <laughs> so, Please continue. Um, anyway, so the creature saw them and then took off running towards the trees, which every, like, Every report about this thing outside of what those two, it ran away. And then it was being blamed for, you know, killing livestock and dogs. And I just, I, I don't trust those ones that it got violent. Just, I don't. This I just don't. Poor, hairy, fabulously fashionable creature. Leave it alone. Yes. All right. 1986, the mayor of Falk. Virgil Roberts and former sheriff mentioned before Leslie Greer were of the opinion that the alleged so time I'm going to use alleged. So the monster's tracks were man-made 
and Greer's colleague at the time, Chief Deputy H.L. Phillips, said he had not taken calls regarding the monster in years. Got very sporadic, you know, after 71. <laughs> and so they weren't reporting it to the police. They were just, you know, reporting randomly about sightings, sporadic at best. All right. He does not believe the creature exists, stating, I don't believe in it. But I'd say you don't argue with people who say they've seen it. Many people were, many were respectable and responsible folks. So going back to what we had talked about before, that these people yep. who see these things are respectable, reasonable, intelligent people. And, and, and that's why nine times out of 10, all jokes aside, that's why I oftentimes sort of lean towards believing that some of this stuff actually exists because I don't, because nine times out of 10, when you see this kind of stuff, when somebody actually comes forward and says, Hey, I saw this creature or yes, I saw this craft or, or whatever, they're ridiculed. Their life is dragged through the mud. They're, they're right. made fun of. So yeah. it doesn't do them any good. Like, it's not like they get rewarded by coming clean about this stuff. No. They're putting their own lives and their livelihood at risk by coming clean and saying, hey, this is what I saw. This is what I experienced. So more often than not, I tend to kind of err on their side. Now, I do take into consideration that sometimes people, their imaginations get the best of them. They do get freaked out. Their their brain something happens really quick, and their brain does the best it can to kind of comprehend what it witnessed. And and do I believe that some of this stuff is falsified unintentionally? Yes, but I yep. do think there are things out there that we can't explain scientifically all the time. And it's just your everyday folks that see it and witness it, and and they shouldn't be ridiculed for it. Right. So. In 1991, the creature was seen jumping from a bridge out of the soybean field, jumping from a bridge. Evidently, it was tired of being doubted that it was alive. It was just like, you know what? I'm not going to be alive anymore. So in 1997 and 1998, there were 40 reported sightings. 40. So it got busy after it jumped from the bridge. <laughs> you know, um, And I think maybe Mr. Mr. Monster here had a kid and he was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take up the uh, mantle of my dad from 71 and uh, get busy, let people see me in uh, between 1997 and 1998. That is a very interesting theory. Maybe it's not the same Jonesville monster. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's Ken. I like that. I like that. So the creature was sighted in a dry creek bed five miles south of Falk, which Falk's not far from, from Jonesville. That's why they kind of share the, the sightings and all. Way to fit it into the letter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Shoehorn that shit in. <laughs> all right. We're going to run through a couple things real quick, but we're going to talk <laughs> about the investigations. So you're that boy in the very beginning that shot at it with the birdshot. Yes. All right. So there was an investigator, Jack Nickel, that interviewed the boy and uh, just figured that he saw a black bear. And and that does it. Happens all the time. The Ford's sighting. There was an archaeologist, Frank Schambach, S C H A M B A C H Schambach. He was a uh, uh, professor 
at Southern Arkansas or it's Southern State College, now known as Southern Arkansas University. And he determined there is a 99% chance the tracks are a hoax. According to Schombach, the tracks could not be from a species of ape as classified by witnesses because they were three-toed creature, whereas all primates, including humanoids, have five toes. That's how I know that Chewbacca has more than three toes. Hold on, hold on. Time out. The- Sean Bach is a Sham Sham, okay? Because just because it doesn't fit his narrow definition of what a ape-like creature's print should be doesn't mean that he's the end-all be-all. He's a Sham Shyster. That's what he is. So He's Sham full of shit. Yeah. Frank full of Sham Bach. <laughs> um, all right. So... In addition to the number of toes, Schaumbach cited several other anomalies as part of his conclusion. The region had the region had no history of primate activity, ruling out the possibility of the creature being the remnants of indigenous species. All apes are completely dineural, you know, night and day. And uh, the monster was reported to be nocturnal. So none, I wonder- of, none of that means anything to the rest of this, but I, I just want to know how many reports start with, in addition to the number of toes, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Maybe that's how I'm just going to start sentences in general. Like, you know, talk about work I in can, the addition I, to the number of toes. I can see a research paper being like, in addition to the number of toes, blah, 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 500 words, 16 paragraphs, authored by Quentin Tarantino. Now I'm going to see if I can get one of the kids to start a book report or something with, in addition to the number of toes, or at least fit it in somewhere. I was going to say, if you lead with that, you set a precedent for the rest of your paper. I think you just sneak it in somewhere to make the pe- the person reading it go, huh, no, I'm too far deep now. I'm just going to keep going. If they're typing it, would they put it as a footer? Jesus. Yeah. So... The skeptoid, the skeptoid podcast. So in total, every last shred of evidence that the Falk monster existed is all anecdotal. Not a single piece is testable. The Falk monster fits poorly with the model of a living animal, but fits very well with a local legend. Now, that doesn't mean a lot to me because we are a podcast and we don't know shit, which they don't know anything either. That's what I'm going with. May I take a podcast as the authority on anything? <laughs> Please, give me a break. All right. So there is a festival, the Falk Monster Festival, and it was called the Boggy Creek Festival before that. It's now a, we're talking. Yeah. It started in 2013. It's an annual event that's dedicated to discussions, presentations, and lore related to the monster and other similar monsters. So it's a cryptoid festival. And the proceeds... Oh my god, why am I not invited to be a guest speaker? I don't know. I don't know. But the (laughs) proceeds, and this I think is cool, the proceeds all go to the Falk School District, with over 3,000 being raised in 2019. That's that's why I'm not invited, because my my speaking fee alone is more than what they raised. Never mind. Continue. Okay. So, there are no reported sightings after 2021. And so, in 2021, a witness reported seeing a hairy ape-like creature run across a country road during daylight hours. He described it as looking like an orangutan with reddish hair. 
And then in 2021, the last sighting that I could find, and it was a few days after that one, that, that first report, a researcher sees what appears to be a large red animal on two feet move through the woods near the bayou that's over there during daylight hours. And that's it for our friend. There's, there's no more sightings of, uh, of the, the Jonesville Falk monster. Okay. Are we now at the point where we can throw out a couple of theories and some speculations here? Yes, absolutely. So in 1971, there was a fabulous monster that hung out in this area, had a penchant for high heels and hot pants that just... I thought you tried- said throw out. You've already done... Like, you've already told me this theory. Just be patient. Okay. Um, all right. All right. It was out there trying to live its best life, trying to live its truth, but it wasn't as progressive of a time back then, and it got a bad rap. Didn't do anything wrong, but was constantly shot at, so that's unfortunate. Now, fast forward to a few years later. Some dude named Chris, who happens to be a hairy ginger who has diarrhea on a fairly regular basis, apparently. He, he had Crohn's before Crohn's was diagnosed as a thing. Crohn's, IBS, yes, exactly. Apparently still alive, still trying to just do the best he can, running across streets before he shits his pants, and just cannot catch a break. I think it's two separate things. That's Monster's expert theory here. The Jonesville monster was a glorious diva that got a bad rap. Any more recent sightings is a ginger named Chris who has chronic diarrhea. That's my expert theory. Okay. Theory is in the books. It's on record. I'm I'm not going to go. Like, I would rather go with these investigators theories over that. Um, let's just say Chris Pyle. Hold on, hold on. Who are you going to trust? Someone who spent years researching this or a guy who just found out about this shit tonight and threw this together at spur of the moment? I'm going to let the audience decide (laughs) which one I believe. We Okay, okay, fair enough. So, I do want to ask you, what day do monsters eat people? I I, I don't, I don't. They eat people on Tuesday. Now, something I thought of while we were discussing all this. um, If you're scared of big foot, remember, there is bigger feet. Ah, yes. How do monsters like their eggs? You know, in the morning, the monster's like, make my eggs terra-fried don't i don't like that one i don't see i i just like that i can elicit emotional responses from you you know what other response we didn't elicit before we continue with these dad jokes what is we didn't elicit the response of our listeners going to podbean to do their thing that i don't know how to do this you have to do this and you haven't done it you're right. I didn't. There was a ball. I had it and I dropped it. But I wanted to do it, but I can't do it. But our, I know the terms and conditions apply, but that's the only part I can remember. Yes. But our listeners cannot drop the ball by going to Podbean slash Danger Sarge and sign up for, I believe it's 
just a month, maybe it's six months. I don't know. I'm not going to get that part right, but they can sign up for podcast hosting services. And yes, you are right, Monster. Those terms and conditions do apply, but I guarantee you those terms and conditions are not going to turn you away from taking up those podcast hosting services. Podbean.com. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, why didn't Han Solo enjoy his steak dinner? Because he didn't go to podbean.com. Because it was chewy. Ah, yes. <laughs> the worst impression ever. Don't yeah. give me any credence for that. It is better than your other impressions. That's that's all I'll give you. What's a vampire's favorite ship? I don't know. A blood vessel. Mm, yes. Yes. Sir. I've got one more, and it's so stupid. I hope it pisses you off. You know what? I was actually going to put them down and close it out, but I'm going to let you close out the dad jokes. So go on. This one made me mad reading it, so I had to share it. You're the only Why person I know that gets mad at dad jokes. Furious. Yes. Like, my temperature rises and I sweat. I get so mad. Yes. Why do you never see elephants hiding in trees? Why? Because they're so good at it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like, oh, it. I, hate it. <laughs> I like it. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to yet another episode of us ramble on about uh, nonsense, really. We n rambled on about a fabulous monster. I like I can edit episodes, but I can't edit you from my life. Nope. No. I'm here for the long haul. Yes, I know. You're you're stuck with me. You're Welcome. stuck with you. I don't know. Uh sorry. Thank you for uh for joining us. Uh, always appreciate it. Always, always, always. Thank you for coming back. Uh, go back and listen to older episodes. Skip the first half of season one, please. Look us up. Shoot us an email. Dangerandsarge at gmail.com. Look us up. Danger and Sarge across all platforms. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you don't mind, if you could take a few minutes and go and... I don't know why you would leave anything less than a five-star review. Because this is premium content. Premium to who? I don't know. But... Just go and, uh, and uh, yeah, give us a little boost. Maybe share an episode. That's something you can do to help us out. So, thank you for coming back. Thank you for listening to us ramble about the Jonesville monster. J is for Jonesville monster. Screw the Falk part of things. So, anyway. Thanks for coming back. Bye, everybody. Later. It's over. Done. Done.